Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Monday, uh, but really enjoyed the event. I'm sure we're, we're going to talk about all that. I'm privileged to say that a friend, colleague, and uh, someone that has been a personal mentor of mine for several years, the infamous Mr. Ariel Sanchez is joining us today uh, to talk things all about Explore, uh, the community, and where we are uh, at the end of 22 into 23. But, sir, before we get to all of that, my favorite questions of you, how are things out on the West Coast? How is the weather? And most importantly, what is the color of the bay today? Matt, I got to say, before I get into that, uh, I can't wait to see your expense report when you turned it in. You're going to have a mileage, you know, 50 cents a mile times like 2,842 miles. We're going to owe you like $20,000 for your, quote, drive to explore. I got that gig now. That's that's what's going to happen. Uh, let's see the weather here in Northern California. We've had rain. It has been uh, cool, 72, 68, 72. I don't know. We got a storm coming up and it's been humid and rain. I think we got like uh, an inch up north and maybe a quarter inch in the Bay Area. So it's good to get wa- water here. Happy about that. Uh, and uh, the weather today is it's raining again. We've got some sprinkles and rain. So uh, we're all really happy about that because it's a drought here in California. So wonderful not to have the dust storms running around right now and the fire season. Can't wait to talk to Ariel as well. But before we do that, Corey, uh, good to see you as well. What's going on in Utah? Uh, weather's been great. Uh, high 70s to mid 80s. Uh, beautiful outside. We had a storm come in last week. You know, beautiful thunderstorm roll through Utah. So always enjoy that. All right. Cool. Cool. So, uh, yeah, before we get to Ariel, let's talk about VMworld Europe. Uh, Europe, Reg is open. If you didn't get to VMworld US, uh, I would say that it was a lot of fun. Everybody's super excited and jazzed about it. Even upper management, a hawk from Broadcom, everybody's talking about they get the community now, right? They get the community. They actually came back to me and said, how much money do you need for Europe? You know, you will write you the check, you know, go do Europe. Uh, the community is absolutely important. They, they got it. Laura got it, looked around and went, oh, the ecosystem that we bring to the table is crazy. They got it. So they funded us for... For Europe, uh, they funded CTAB for Europe. Um, There's just they turned everything funding on for for this back half of the year for Europe as well as you know other things that we need. So that was good. So I expect Europe to be a lot of fun. We've got the community booth. We've got uh, Alistair is going to be there. He's got sponsorship, so he's going to be run the brown bag sessions, uh, the code lab stuff with the Nooks uh, to do sensors and smart desktop programming stuff. That's turned on. Alistair. Cooker, who runs the sessions, uh, gave me some space for that. So should be a, a good time uh, at Barcelona. So if you're in Europe and you want to come by for a day or two, there's a lot of fun things there. Um, we ordered the second set of Nooks. So Corey, we got those underway and we're shipping boxes of Nooks awesome. to the, all of the experts. So that's all happening. So uh, again, Europe, November 7th through the 10th, go register. You know, I've been Content telling people- catalog is now live for the event. 
That's right. Yep. And I think that uh, Matt's session, speaker sessions went out last night. So if you are got notified to be a speaker, uh, those were supposed to go out last night. I'm sure there's going to be a couple ones that are laggers, right, that they're still kind of cleaning up here and there. But uh, I know that they had to get those out because I believe Schedule Builder goes live on the 29th of this much, which is only eight days away. So uh, everything's in full gear now, right, and uh, trying to do that. I, for those people that didn't get their session approved or didn't get notified, uh, I do apologize if you're listening to this. Uh, they did have to cut back sessions. They did they just from the physical space perspective. Um, we were trying to, even though we have extra budget to get extra space, the physical space criteria that they booked based on the assumptions they made for VMworld US and so forth is what it is, right? And so there is one thing of, oh, you have budget. We, we understand it now. Now we go to the event team. They're like, yeah, we got a closet. You can you can have that extra, extra closet over there if you want. So they, they do have constraints on space, which meant they had constraints on session rooms. So they kind of planned that accordingly. And even though we want to do more, it's all space challenge. So if you didn't get your session approved, um, we for code if, and if you blogged about it or you vlogged about it and the session is uh, publicly available and it's something that you would wish to share in this forum send us a dm right send myself a dm at gsx esx and we can look at possibly getting you on the schedule i know we're fairly booked between now and the end of the year but coming into q1 of next we can look at the possibilities of maybe having you on the show and using this forum uh, to present your presentation yeah, yeah, we're definitely, we're just adjusting to what this means and what it looks like. And so don't feel too bad. And then I know for VMware Code and vBrownBag, if you did a session in the U.S., then we marked, you know, unless you were super popular, like, you know, uh, Fear the Beard, Kyle Ruddy, or William, others, um, uh, we probably didn't accept you for Europe. We tried to save the Europe. So, and then one, if you were sessions uh, for code or V Brown bag that were from Europeans, we gave you high priority, right? So if you're from Europe and you're coming to Europe to do a thing, we marked you as, yeah, because we had, I think in the US, we probably had room for 80 sessions across uh, the three days. Uh, Europe is a little longer. They're doing Monday and so we got but we only have one theater, so instead of two, so that meant that, but we had an extra yeah, what day. what we gained in days, yeah, we yeah, lost we gained in days. theater so, space. So what we did was prioritize anybody from Europe that hadn't been to the U.S. to speak. We we, make sure, we made sure you got in. And then secondly, we looked at people that did speak in the U.S. but were super popular. Or no, second was if you hadn't spoke at all yet and you weren't from Europe, but you're going to fly over to Europe, sure, we give you priority. And then third, um, if you were super popular in the US, like there were like four people that, you know, standing room only up the elevators, we let you go. And then the rest, we kind of said, nah, well, if we could fit you in, we did. So that's how we did that. So um, those notices went out yesterday, Schedule Builder opens the 29th, and we're excited about everything that's going to be happening. And Corey, I can't wait to find out whether you're going to be there or not, you know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Find out this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Look, looking, looking good. I'm sure. I'm sure that'll happen. I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I'm hoping uh, so. All right, back to the show agenda. So, Ariel Sanchez, um, welcome to the show. I know we want to try to hook up with you at the show itself at, at VMware Explore US. We kind of do a podcast, but uh, we, we're we're getting finally to this today. Um, first of all, tell us. 
who you are. Give us the three minute of elevator pitch. How did you get here in the VMware ecosystem? Of course. Thank you for having me. Ariel Sanchez. I am from Costa Rica and I work for VMware in the US as a staff technical account manager. So Matt Nangath and I are colleagues. And uh, before coming to VMware five years ago, I used to be a VEMA leader and a vBrownback host. So I was very much, when I started studying for certifications, finding all that great content the bloggers put out, uh, finding the great conferences and side conferences at VMware, at VMworld. So, you know, I've, I've been uh, a community, uh, a person that loves the community for quite a while, even before being a, an employee. And now that I'm an employee, I really try to stick to those roots. So I really try to work with VMUGs, uh, whether it's at user cons or local VMUGs. So um, you'll probably find me telling people, get on Twitter and speak at your VMUG. That's that's my thing. I, I was just looking for the scar to see where they did the lobotomy. Because once you go to a, like account management, don't they have to take like three quarters of your brain out and put it on a shelf somewhere? And, like Put it in a it, jar? It, you know, it, it is hard. You have to fight for it uh, with your managers and, and you have to show the value, right? And and you have to tell them what came out of going to the VMUG and presenting at the VMUG and why you thought it was important. Yeah, how does that impact your quota? Like uh, in the marketing, <laughs> me and Corey, will tell you that uh, half the conversations is like, um, so how does this impact the lead gen, uh, you know, numbers? You know, how many how many contacts are we going to get from that yeah. event for that? More like, yeah. there's uh, there's people in the yeah. company that that yeah. that's their language, that's, right? Yeah, and, and exactly thankfully, I work in a in a part of the company where we're focused on customer satisfaction. Right. So for me, being able to even show the value of emails to my customers of the actual TAM engagements is part of how I can make them more ingrained in the community, how I can help them stay up to date. Well, it helps. And, and I know, Matt, you're also, you know, not a community person, just like Ariel. You carry, Ariel, I'm sure you carry, you know, numbers that you have to meet and, you know, satisfy customers and get customers on board. And Matt, you're the, in the same boat. You're like in the, your, your professional job is TAM, right? And, uh, and you're billable. That right? is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was trying to think how me and Corey could also get billable somehow. And that would be good, you know, as we transition to the Broadcom world. I got to like figure out how to carry quota or sell, sell you, some you stuff. You just let, right? let me know. We'll, we'll hook you up. Matt and I know a lot of people. Yeah. There you go. Gotta, I always want to do that. It's on my bucket list, but uh, maybe not. It gets in the way of nap time at, at two o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. Like, what? This <laughs> my nap time i don't think i could i don't think i could work that hard uh anyway today we thought we'd just kind of do a traditional community roundtable right where we talk about you know uh what expectations were out of, of vmware uh, explorer right um so ariel uh, first start with like i know you you were busy right did you engage with community what was your what was your thoughts around community what was your thoughts around explorer give us your takeaway uh from an outsider like you know or at least uh, as an account manager and an old yeah. ex-community guy, like what what was your takeaways? It was a different one for sure. You know, starting on, was it Tuesday instead of Monday? That threw everybody up for a loop. But hey, I know, I know my people. I was there since Saturday night in San Francisco. I knew that some people were already like, hey, I'm, I'm arriving from Australia or something. And then the night of Sunday, I think we had the VM Underground Party, which was like a big hug fest. Like everybody that has not seen uh, their friends, their V community friends mm -hmm. in two, three years were able to find each other and see each other. And, you know, it's it's right before the storm, right? Right before you actually have to go work and meet with your customers or do things or do presentations. It was a nice night out. And uh, right after that, uh, I think 
Monday, even though it wasn't the official kickoff, it was still pretty busy. You know, you were still working. Uh, my customers were there since Sunday, so I was already working since Sunday. And uh, what I definitely liked was the energy that we had. You know, I think the actual attendance was 10,000, 11,000. But the energy, everybody was so happy to be there. Everybody was so happy to hear the announcements. And we'll, we'll go deeper into that in a little bit. But everybody was so appreciative to have VMworld or VMware Explorer back. Yeah, I, I, I know I felt that way. I just felt happy, right? Like unusually happy. Like I, I can just walking around, I was happy all the time. And then I saw Matt the first time coming up the street and I was like, oh my gosh, like I forgot how tall Matt was, right? Like, and it was like, you know, gave him a hug. It was like, it, it is a very strange thing to see people and that just happiness that you felt, right? Then to run into Corey, same thing. Like these are people that you're Zooming with every day for like two years. And then there, I, it's a weird thing because I'm almost like, I feel like I had no clothes on too. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually seeing these people for real, like in physical, they get to look at me. It's like, I'm so used to being behind the glass. I, I don't have to have any pants on if I don't want to, right? I can just sit, sit here in my underwear, whatever. It just doesn't matter. That well, was it, uh, it, it also exciting. felt weird for some people like that they had been, you know, masking, they had been guarding themselves at home and suddenly you're in a place where 10,000 people are. So it was like a whoosh. Okay. I think, I think we're done with COVID, I guess, because it's everybody's out here and we're all having a lot of fun. Right? Yeah, it does. I did mask because I, I spent time masking and it's good because I ran into at least two people that then tested positive for COVID the next day. And uh, so I was happy that I had my mask on, but you know what? There was plenty of times when I took it off because it was only one or two people. And you're like, okay, it's like not, it's not 30 people in a bar. It's two people. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm happy with that. And now I've got the four or five shot. So in Europe, I'm not going to wear a mask at all. Right. Cause I've got the, the booster for five, which is supposed to be good for six, which is like, okay, fine. I'm done. Right. It's good. That was good. And then I thought it was really cool just being in CTAB, seeing the senior guys running enterprises and getting to listen to their stories. Like I talked to people like how many cloud migrations are they doing? Like almost everybody has got some data center that is migrating to the cloud and uh, listening to them try to manage cloud workloads and how do they deliver cloud workloads to cheaper. I thought there's Starbucks was telling me how they're managing all the workloads based on the cost of cloud services for that week. Right. Like, and then they, they want to use Arial to, to, to do some of that. Right. To, or area area. I mean, I'm thinking Arial because it's like, <laughs> what do we call it? Area area. Yeah. Area, area. area. The announcements of how to manage that and just the excitement of the new tech that was coming and how they were really kind of buying into the multi-cloud story and then others raising their hands, you know, in the VMUG leadership meeting, just going, you know what, we just want vSphere 8 content. Where is all the vSphere 8 content, right? So it was a mixture of everybody, but it just felt like, wow, I'm actually hearing real customers asking for stuff that they needed, right? Which was just really, really interesting. And, and you, you can't imagine how much my, my customers were at CTAB, how much they appreciate it because they can listen to others, right? They, you know, customers after a, a certain level of, of sophistication, I would say, they want to hear what the vendor says, but they also want to hear what other customers are doing, right? So they they really enjoy those. And yes, vSphere 8 is, uh, personally for me, I've been reading William, Lam, William Lamb's uh, log for years. I've known Dave Morera for years. And seeing them on stage and talking about 
everything that's coming out with VCR8, VSAT8, and, and Aria, and all the other announcements that we had, you know, it definitely made me jacked and jazz and all those things. Yeah, Matt, what was your what was your expectations, and how did they turn out? I think it it's beneficial to think of where we were at at the last in-person event, where we were at in 19, right? Where, where multi-cloud was this concept that some of more of our more advanced customers were thinking about and had maybe particularly deployed proof of concepts, or they maybe had one data center in, but it wasn't necessarily cloud native, or they were starting to look at migration strategies, and some had maybe ran into you know some of the the hesitancy of refractoring and whatnot. But now it's, I, I look at it in the framework of where have we been or where is the industry at since we, the last time that we were able to meet in person? Well, now what we were talking about before is a theoretical operating movement or operating mentality for these large enterprises and global organizations isn't so much a theoretical concept, right? The, the industry is now at that pace. We're talking about multi-cloud tenancy. We're talking about cloud operations first and how to manage all of that. And then not only manage it as far as an on-prem to hyperscaler migration, but then from hyperscaler to hyperscaler or hyperscaler even back on-prem. And then the cost analysis and health analysis to do all of those operations. And this isn't theory. This is something that these large global enterprises and global orgs as a whole are currently doing. And now we're in that position to help those customers make that those, those cloud adoptions and cloud adoption plays to those hyperscalers via technologies like VCR8 and RA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Corey, before you have to bail, uh, I did want to loop back to you and and say like, so you you got to man the booth. I was off doing code stuff the whole time. Like, uh, was it good to see everybody? Uh, how did how, you know, how did that feel? Or were they just basically there to get their nook and then they were like, see you later, thanks for the box. You know, you know some were uh, very few. I mean, yeah. For the most, I mean, it, it's always that's always my my favorite part of the job is going to the conference and seeing the V experts in person, right? It really is, and go have a beer with the V experts and spend the the day and the evening with everyone. Um, it, it was absolutely my favorite part of you know the past two years. Um, I was at the booth the entire time. Um, I, I don't even know if I had a schedule or not. I just showed up in the morning and, and left when the show was at, when the show was over. Um, I, I'm hoping to go to uh, uh, Barcelona, and uh, I really want to see the V experts over in Europe. Um, I surely hope I can get there because that's. Uh, I, like, I know yeah. the community booth and the two theaters, V Brown Bag and Code, were crowded, right? Like, oh, outstanding yeah. because mm -hmm. we messed up on seat assignments, that kind of stuff. But like, were people hanging around afterwards, chatting and and, and spending time seeing yep. other people? Like, or that was that going on as well? Yeah, that was going on as well. That was going on inside the booths as well as just outside the booth. You'd see crowds of, of people just sitting there chatting. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Corey, I'm going to give you a shout out in front of your boss too. The, the number of people that I was there as we worked the booth together that came up to you personally and thank you for some of the things that you've been able to do to help them within their career and promote with their, their advocacy that of promoting VMware products uh, was pretty incredible. And we know that there's a lot of that on your shoulders and 
and thank you uh, again from as a member of the community from what you've been able to do uh, to, to bring us all up to a, another level of community involvement and promoting our own personal brand. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, thank you for that, Matt. I really, really appreciate that. I, I get a lot of thank yous on email um, that I don't, I don't bring up much, but uh, I, I reply to every email I possibly can and, uh, you know, make sure I can help as, as much as possible for the community. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, good. Well, uh, back to Ariel and just say, so, you know, we obviously mentioned vSphere 8. What was your takeaway from a standpoint of what we announced? What what got you most excited? You know, there's a, a part of, of vSphere 8 that I think nobody has really understood yet, which is vSEN. vSEN 8 is revolutionary. It's It's a whole other game. I don't think people have yet caught on at how much of a difference in performance, how much of we, we have to reestablish all the architectures that you used to know with vSAN. We can do way more than we used to do. I can tell you, when I worked with uh, retail customers that had small locations, we can do less nodes at the locations. It is taking advantage of new hardware, you know, it's it, minimum 25 gig NICs. It's going to fly. So, I don't think enough people are talking about how revolutionary this next generation of vSEN is. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't spent any time looking at it, right? So it, it uh, you know, it's one of those quiet ones where I think the vSEN marketing group went away, right? Where they just kind of pulled it into SDDC or cloud or whatever we call it, right? Like they consolidated the marketing groups. Used to have a marketing group for NSX, we'd have a marketing group for vSAN, and then we had a marketing group for vSphere and the in the typical, you know, SCDC environment. They pulled all that together and then I think it just all became the cloud infrastructure, right? And so the marketing side of the house, I think, has been slower on not not only the vSAN, but even vSphere 8. We didn't even mention it. Yeah. There was no 28 well, days of happiness or anything. So I think there's a lot of I, missing marketing there. I can tell you as a TAM, we're just waiting for the release to manufacturing or GA to hit because nobody wants to you know, have a lot to say until we actually ship it, right? But you know, when, when, I, when I go back to, to vSAN a little bit, Think about what that, that what that does for VMware Cloud on AWS or any of the hyperscalers or even BCF, right? Suddenly, if when we have this next generation rolled out, you're gonna get so much more performance out of the same credits, possibly, I don't know for sure, but out of the same service that you were getting before. So I think it's gonna be very impactful and I think people are just gonna starting to, to realize it. And yes, uh, what you were saying before, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but th this stuff has to be again. Uh, you're right. When GA shows up, then people get to start playing with it, and we start seeing blog articles on it, and they actually see the numbers, right? Then the, then you know get momentum that way as well, right? So yeah. When we look, even even William Lamb that has been blogging on on you know some of the advanced builds, uh, he's already releasing some really good content of what the differences are, and he always thinks of home labbers. So he's already saying, hey, I tried it running it on a on a Nook and it worked fine, but notice this thing. So no, we, we're all chumping at the bit here. Nice. 
Nice. Yeah, I know. I uh, started. I started provisioning a new home lab machine yesterday. Right, um, one of my super micros. Right, put seven on it, waiting to upgrade it to eight. Right, so that I can start playing with it myself because it's it's that time of the the Broadcom world here where I'm like, you know, I need to go update my VCP certification. Right, you know, maybe play with the latest stuff and get you know, like get technical again because I have a feeling when Broadcom comes in, they're going to be looking around saying who's doing stuff versus who's playing happy marketing. So we'll, we'll, we're doing a little of that too, but I'm looking forward to it, right? should be good. Um, always a good idea. Always a good idea in today's, in today's space. As, as we move forward, right, obviously we have uh, Europe, but let's talk VMUG for a little bit. So I was, I, I got to spend time VMUG leaderships and you're not a VMUG leader anymore, right? Because now you're, you carry, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're tan. So, so you're when you allowed. become an employee, yeah. Uh, what they do allow you to is to remain helping the leaders in what they call a steering committee. And you can also be a VMware liaison, which means that the VMware can always reach out to you right. when they want something. So you can still help. It's just that you can't have the title of VMware leader anymore. Right, right, and I, I know that uh, I know that I learned about this because when there's a new VMUG chapter request, we have to find a liaison inside of uh, VMware to then attach to that new VMUG. So there has to be a liaison for every single VMUG chapter that's out there, and then we have the ability to look through the customer base. They built us a tool that allows us to go through and identify customers within a 200 mile radius, or we can set the radius and then look at the customer lab, look at the SEs. Who's in that area that could then support that uh, that yeah. local VMUG, right? Which is just interesting. So yeah, that's exactly which what we do. The organization, how much value we put into the the VMUG ecosystem, right? If we didn't value th that particular entity, um, we wouldn't assign that resource. It's an important part of how we reach out to the customer base, how we interact with existing users. So much so that we take the time to assign that personnel as that liaison to that local chapter yeah 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 we do so 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 that's that's good but i i saw stats that say you know x number of vmug leaders are actually doing meetings right that the meetings are happening in ariel you're out are you outside of Orlando? I can't remember if you're in Florida. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, in, in Orlando, Florida, yeah. you know, Orlando has one, I know, right? So uh, the, the question is, are we, you know, we saw so much energy when it came to explore that I would assume that's going to excite oh, yeah. VMUG leaders and we'll start seeing, I think an average VMUG leader has had like 1.5 meetings this year, right? Like maybe almost two, some have one, some have two, some have had, I think the, the leader that had the most meetings had like, 13 meetings so far with his chapter oh, wow. right like so he was really like good. every other week or so he, they were getting together um i gotta <laughs> no, imagine that that the explore is going to inject some amount of passion in starting to spin up meetings again maybe because people aren't afraid to be in rooms anymore because obviously we all are still alive after having an explore and i think people are feeling like okay maybe maybe knock on cheap plastic here that uh, that the pandemic is winding down yeah, no, and, and you're totally right. Uh, whenever we have VMworld or, or VMware Explorer, it's a great moment to go and say, okay, we're going to have a VMUG meeting locally here, and we're going to ask somebody to give a VMware Explorer recap. And that's exactly what I'm doing the day after tomorrow, this Friday, for South Florida. I know Matt Podoff is doing it in Pittsburgh. I know uh, Flesher is doing it in, mm. in Philly. It, right. it just 
it's one of those events in the year where you're like, okay, everybody's interested to know what we released in VMware Explorer. Most most people know that you know April and October is when we give our out our our big announcements. And so it is always a great time to go to your VMUG uh, because they're definitely, if they haven't put it on the calendar yet, they're definitely planning on it. And you get to see your friends, people you might not have seen for a while and get to learn a lot, you know, a summer in an hour and be able to ask questions and talk to each other. It's it's one of my favorite times of the year for, for local VMUG events because of that. Yeah, I, I, t I tend to forget that... Um... Only one out of five IT people from an org, from a company, get to actually go to Explore, right? The other four are at home, you know, doing their day job, and they don't they don't actually get to have that. Right? Somebody so, needs to keep the lights on. Yeah. Right. Well, or just travel budget being what it is, I think it was hard That's, for everybody to. Especially this year. Yeah, certainly. this year, right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And if anybody out there, you know, a VMO leader or a VMO member is saying, hey, I want that in my local VMO, reach out to us. We can help you coordinate. We can, we'll find your leaders, your liaison. We'll tell them, hey, here's the deck that I use in South Florida. We're more than happy to to enable those sessions. Yeah, I was, I, I did get access to the resource, speaker resource center. I don't think they call it that, but it's something like that, where you can actually go into a full tool if you're a VMUG leader and, you know, look through all the CTO content that they submitted, right? Like CTOs have one pagers that they get, they give as well as sets of sessions that are available that uh, leaders can actually come in and, and utilize. Uh, it, it is interesting to, to look at that. They're all from VMware. What I'm trying to do for the second half of the year, because I'm now part of VMUG, right, um, leadership, is I'm trying to build a an extension to that where V Brown Bag and community can also submit weird, interesting sessions and have that in there where you can go get trained by Matt. Matt made uh, vSAN implementation on USB chips and uh, and you know it burns out after three hours of operation, but he, he did it for fun. And he could put his presentation together, submit that, and then train other VMUG people to go play with that and get some community-focused content for VMUG, local VMUG meetings. So when you go there, it doesn't feel just like VMware giving you product updates the whole time. No, you're, you're totally right. And B. Bramack has always tried to do, you know, if somebody wants to teach it to others, we'll accept it, right? So it's it's a great opportunity. And and one thing we also have done, especially when 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 members, right, are presenting, I always used to say, if you're going to be presenting at your VMUG, can I record you and put you on B. Bramack? Because I think it would be a waste for you not to be recorded. And you know, at some day right. we might we might have like a VMUG member YouTube channel where people can look at sessions. But in the meantime, I'm happy to record people if I can. Yep. And and then there's just you know, there's always V beers, there's always other V kind of activities that you can do. So that we try to, you know, ratchet the the the, the dial up a little bit when it comes to the community element of community versus the the, the there's 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 the VMware education CTO kit, all these guys coming, giving you formal presentation. That's always important, right? You know, we got that handled. We do that well. We do that at user cons. Uh, we tend to do that. There's the partner thing that tends to get overplayed because they fund things, right? So there's that element, uh, which is fine. We get some of that. That's always good to have somebody paying for the pizza, right? You know, but then also we have to make sure that there is a big a, a big piece of community there and i feel like the dial has always been 
pretty high on the partner thing because they're paying for the pizza and medium on the VM VMware side because we always want to stuff something down your throat, which is good because we were building tech, right? But then there is there the lone community content, the Brown bag, that kind of stuff that's like would be fun to be able to i'd like to see the balance be completely opposite like 70 percent community oriented uh 20 percent uh vmware and 10 percent partner right you know like and, well and, and you remember i think i think you remember back in one time we did, we did this in pittsburgh for a user con uh where we were had this little group called the little hacks where people would just get together and try to right. you know hey what's this devops things what does git thing what's this how do you read this jaml files so having a community that of people that want to meet no matter what's the topic right because they know they're going to learn from each other and they're going to hear what others are doing always helps and when you have a community that is healthy and you always have 20 30 people the sponsors are looking for you versus you looking for the sponsors right so so it definitely helps to build the community first right. and then everything else yeah. will come yeah and and that i think we also were a victim of our own success right we we're very successful sponsors really do want to come and then you know then you end up having you know more sponsors right uh, which is which is fine right so so matt uh, i know i've been monopolizing the conversation here any any thoughts or things you want to add well, I want to say from over from the EUC's focus, right? So we traditionally think of the Workspace ONE and Horizon stack. And while there were certainly some important announcements that I would encourage everyone to go out and review out on the Explore site uh, from those two products, it was sometimes it was a little bit about what else is now being included within the EUC suite. And what do I mean that by that? Well, things like what we're calling DEX, Digital Employee Experience, where we're taking machine learning to help to not only troubleshoot first line problems, but then proactively solve them a little bit as far as ways to troubleshoot things within both the horizon and MDM space. And then also things like what we had heard about with from, from FedEx. So Brandon Tolbert, who was part of the EUC keynote, uh, Brandon is a, a FedEx HR VP and he shared the story of how FedEx is now using a branded Workspace ONE Intelligent Hub app as part of their onboarding process for new uh, FedEx employees and contractors. So that that hub now becomes the person's single point of contact from their initial application through onboarding. So these, you know, more adaptive use cases, these really truly business-driven use cases of how we're taking the EUC workflow and EUC product set and really adapting them to creative use cases uh, that are causing huge adoption use cases that are, that are out there or use adoption um, of that particular product um, by bundling a solution together to meet a business need. So it, within the Workspace ONE and EUC product set, it's, there is some great announcements and it's, it's Horizon Edge, where we're going with the whole entire rebuild of UEM itself to, to architect it for scale. But then maybe even more importantly, where that whole entire product play is going together of some of these new announcements and new bundling packages that are out there. And you know, being the EUC technologist, being on the, the, the digital workspace side of the technical account management house 
that's really got me going. And it got some of the customers going as well of, of the feedback that I was able to receive uh, from members that were out there. So interesting to see where we're, we're headed in the UC space. I want to add something there. You're totally right. One thing, you know, the first thing, the first slides that we saw from, from Ragu was, hey, you know, customers are going from cloud chaos and they're realizing VMware is guiding them to cloud smart. We are doing that across so many different portfolios where we're grabbing all of our software, all of our acquisitions that we brought in and telling customers, hey, we have joined our solutions and we have matured our solutions and they're enterprise ready for whatever you're bringing. And we feel good about our solutions. Give us, you know, give us a try. Look, look at this again, because we have really revamped um, some of the things that you might have complained about one year, two years ago. We are very much mature now. And that's one of the things I see with Aria is that they really said, okay, uh, acquisitions, this and that, that we used to sell separately, it's now coming together. So really happy to see how uh, all the VMware, you know, effort right. and vision has been coalescing at this point. What, what does the totality of the whole mean actually for the customer, right? What are all these individual products now that we have insight to that and we've had some runway over the last couple of years to build product integrations? And I'm speaking of the entire product portfolio here, right? Where we see now sensors that are out there for carbon black and what we can do with what was the vRealize suite and expanding out that portfolio and how that now plugs into cloud health and where all the opportunities are now coming with what we're sure will be the next-gen VMC platform on the various you know, hyperscalers that are out there. Uh, dare I use the marketing term synergy uh, of product portfolios, but it is really that. It's how, how now that we have all of this out there, how do they start to play well together? And then the back-end AI and intelligence uh, to make life a little bit easier for the day-to-day -day admin task. Um, above and beyond just performance alerting, but like true proactive intelligence and think of it as DRS on steroids or, or DRS plus plus um, for workload like malware migrations. Think about it of host utilization, but then also putting cost component into that or, you know, whatever qualifications else that would be out there for workload redundancy or not only do I have to put it out. Um, think of SPBM. But again, on steroids, not only what, where do now my workloads have to, to lie, but then on a certain SLA behind that for data security. Um, and that, that goes factoring back. casting in. I mean, it's, this is, this is where the industry it's is heading and this is what the truth. customers it's, it's, demanding. It's, it's exactly what Eric was saying that customers not only have to write, make the right architecture decisions like they've always had to do, but they also have to be able to support their decisions financially and you know they have to manage performance and performance per dollar so it becomes a you know ever, ever since we started with the multi cloud world you have to take those things into account you have to take how complexity into account uh, operations into account uh, it's not just the, what you pay in the in the in the bill it's every, everything you pay your your people and what they're working on you know are they toiling all day or are they actually being productive so no it's it's a it's a it's a great it's a great time to be here one of the, one of the things that uh, I'm you know curious about, and Ariel, maybe you can give us some insight into this, is uh, if you listen to Broadcom, um, Broadcom kind of coming in, Hocktam and others saying, "Hey, look, make what you've already got work." 
and make what you've already got work better, right? And uh, there's always this tension between the new, the next generation, you know, capturing the new opportunity, which requires some amount of Tanzu and, and new bells and whistles versus spending your time building for the data center, making everything work really good and optimizing and then selling what you've got versus what somebody wants next, right? And so there's always tension like that, but I, yeah. I see Broadcom coming going, Focus on what you've got. Make it work really well. Yeah, I, and I love to hear that. Uh, Matt and I, we work in post sales. So most of the time when we're meeting with customers, we're trying to realize the value, right? If they made an investment, they they made the investment because they want to get something out of it. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that Broadcom is telling us, hey, focus on the customer success, right? Make, make sure that they're getting everything they paid for and that they're still happy with us because that's exactly what we do here in TAM. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but we had I had a session that was, hey, how to upgrade uh, to 7 update 3 uh, in the B Brownback stage. And when I went there, it was full. And I was like, all right, uh, how many other sessions for upgrading to 7 were, out, were there out there? And they said, none. This was the only one. So, right, you know, as right. a software company, we're always, yeah, we, we, right. these guys have a, a roadmap of three years, five years already in the works. But we definitely want to make our customers feel that they don't have to. It's, it's the enterprise software world. And, you know, we're not talking bleeding edge, install the latest version that comes out right. immediately. Right. There's, there's always competing. And, and we have a broad spectrum of customer and customer needs, right? So in particular, I really enjoy working with customers that are the middle and later end of the adoption lifecycle. Right. Because I really feel that we can, you know, most of the times the reasons why they are not being more aggressive in their in their software adoption are reasons that can be solved talking, you know, discussing. It's they're not always technical reasons. So a lot of times it's figuring out do we have the bandwidth, do we have the projects, et cetera, et cetera. But most customers do want to be running latest because we have the great advantage that most of our customers really enjoy our products. So they really, you know, they geek out over being able to use new features. Right. So yeah, I I, I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, that yeah, those uh, conversations that are happening. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that somebody had uh, mentioned a term, getting ahead of your skis, right? Like you know where you, you know you get get too far forward on your skis and you lose balance. You do ahead of ahead of yeah, right? Because it's like. Uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you can get ahead of yourself, right? It's all great vision, but, uh, you know, and, and then I look at the, I know, but fixing bugs and doing all that is such grungy work, right? That should like, quite. now again, we're in marketing. So of course that's, that's, that's the way we feel. Right? Yeah. Like, but you know, it, it's, it's also one of these things that it, it becomes technical that if you don't fix it now, it's going to haunt you. It's going to be recurring GSS. You're going to end up with some big enough customer that is right. going to be right. enough. You know, so so you always want to, you know, ship out the best product that you can, fix out issues as soon as you can. You want to make sure the customers know, hey, this is a, a here's the good reasons why you want to be on latest, right? So no, I appreciate. You know, we we, we have a, a long history of of working with all types of customers, and in that session, I was I was even surprised to find somebody on on five.x, and I told them, man, you know, it's 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 actually a whole thing to get you to seven. Uh, I you know, people in six five, six seven. Not, not, not the whole thing, but, but we need to talk about what's the underlying issue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why are, why are you stuck there? Right. Yeah. Why you're not putting time there? Um, all right. So back to VMUG. I know we're coming up. We got to go about eight minutes left over the top of the hour. Right. Um, 
do you think that um, we had a conversation about whether we're going to be in a hybrid VMUG mode going forward, right? Where, yes, we all like, there was some feedback that, you know what, I don't, I like meeting everybody once in a while, but I can see just doing more online content, right? Because there are, there is value to just being able to do online content and, you know, uh, engage this way versus being in a studio running a podcast, right? Like, and so, and I don't think we can get back to where we were, right? You're in Orlando, Matt's somewhere else, I'm somewhere else, Julia is somewhere else. Uh, you know, like in the end, we've all kind of got used to this new lifestyle. And as much as I, and I did love, and I will go to more meetings now, there is this moment that maybe we have to do a hybrid environment as we go forward for live streams versus in meetings and sessions. And just like you say, Ariel, like, or Matt, I think you mentioned it like, well, if we don't get to come to VMworld because we didn't have a theater slot for you, you know, we need to be able to put, put you in a live stream that goes out to, you know, 5,000 people uh, every month. The hybrid model creates or breaks down the barrier for what was a delivery mechanism that only allowed for you to consume the content if you're there in person. There was a great presentation at a local VMUG meeting and Ariel or myself or another member of the community that wasn't out there to record it, the blast radius for, for that or the size of the audience was the people in the room. In the room, yeah. If we do this the, at the, in a hybrid way or at least have the benefit of Recording an in-person presentation, the amount of, of the size of that audience is only limited by what platform that we put it on for public consumption. No, so I, I, I by, by putting it out there and making it a hybrid model or at least recording the, the, the meeting, that's all the, the bigger audience that you put it out there to share what is wonderful content that many people, you don't even know who, who's out there. To, to, that may have a similar issue or that they have maybe gone down the next step of what you have already ran into and for that further collaboration, right? To build that community interaction that Eric, you were talking about previously, right? Where we wanna get this back to it being about the community and a little bit less about VMware sales pitches and less about the partner. And the way that we do that is build connections as we often do in the TAM org to find out who those similar members are that are running into, into that same issue. And if we make that content publicly accessible, then that helps to build those connections as well. So I, I was gonna say that we have actually built the platform that we needed, right? So now every VMUG leadership has a Zoom account. So, Absolutely. so there's everything you said, I agree full, full, full heartedly, uh, Matt, but we also have the opportunity now that when people are doing a demo, for example, they can do it on Zoom. It's much easier to attend a demo on your own screen than it is in an actual no, conference projector. or, yeah, or right. in a yeah. projector. It's, right. it's always a complicated thing. So what I would say is that this allows us to have more meetings, right? We can have demo meetings or more technical meetings on a screen, and we can have in-person meetings, which are always fun, uh, especially when you need Q&A, which Zoom isn't the greatest for Q&A and asking questions and all, and especially having that banter within your, your, uh, your local community. The other thing I'll mention is when you have more meetings, right? If you have, you know, let's say that you used to have three in-person meetings, but you now you're saying, okay, I'm going to do three in-person meetings, but I'm also going to do three Zoom meetings. Suddenly, doubled your number of meetings. 
you but you also open up the topics because when you only have a few meetings then it's basically VMworld recap this and that and, and you're done but if you have more meetings I'll give you a great example I have some customers that are thinking hey well some customers that I heard of that are thinking hey maybe I want to go to pure instead of EMC and that could be a whole session inside the community which I'm Pretty sure Pure would be happy to sponsor, right? Uh, but my point is- Or that, EMC to that point. Yeah, or EMC. But my point is that there's there's the opportunity to not just focus on the big things, but also to focus on a little more niche topics. And for those niche topics, Zoom is probably the best, um, but the best method. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The I barrier can't. to adoption of a virtual meeting is nil, right? We don't have to find space. We don't have to necessarily find a sponsor. It, it just, it can happen ad hoc. We have as VMUG leaders, that license is provided. Yeah, I can definitely see a transition and I'll take this, I'll, I'll take this back to VMUG because uh, we're having some meetings in early October in Tennessee, uh, which is, I feel like the connection engagement stuff should always be, you know, the real meeting, like V beers, pizza, you know, fun little hacky stuff, things that are like, but then you push the serious learning things, uh, you know, whether it's code or whether it's YAML files or whether it's PowerShell or whether it's just a presentation on vSAN uh, back into the online stuff so that what I come to do is come to drink beers with my fellow friends and do something fun and geeky that's not what I'd normally see in a normal streaming session on YouTube, right? Um, but then then you also have to have this powerful way to deliver the technical content where you're kind of connected. You get to say hi to everybody because how often do I want to have beers with everybody? Like maybe once every other month, right? We get together, have some beers, do some wacky stuff, right? Um, have a hangover the next day, who knows? But then, then I also like to learn with them. I like to see Matt in uh, online streaming. I like to come every Wednesday and see people and engage with them, but I don't have to do it in person. I can have a realistic engagement, you know, through Zoom or whatever streaming mechanism we can provide. So I think there's this hybrid approach that's gonna end up being the winner. And if you if you think also where where the industry is heading, every VBA can have their own GitHub site where several sure. admins can yeah. run it. You know, we have the forums today, but you can basically tell people, hey, you know what the code that we discussed in that meeting, it's over there. So right. you now have a repository right. that people in locally can also look at, and you can share with anybody on the internet. That's right. that's the beauty of the internet at right. the end of the day. And it is this balance, as Matt points out, like how much do you I sit at my desk? How much does my butt hurt sitting here where I do like to get out and 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 stretch my legs and try to burn some calories, right? So I think there there has to be this because I would say the problem with this new model is I'm sitting an awful lot right? An, an awful lot. So, you know, even though it might not be optimal to go somewhere, the learning environment, there is a health element to this that has to be considered, right? So that's the only other thing I'm thinking about is like maybe, maybe we dial the less, you know, more in person just from a health perspective, because I'm not sure that I've got that worked out yet. Like it's interesting. Speaking of unhealthy things, we're at the top of the hour. 
uh, Ariel, we always do V barbecue. We, if you ever want to see what Ariel looks like, you can go to uh, youtube.com slash V barbecue, B A R B E C U E, and uh, s- uh, take a look at the video. We post everything there. You can see what Ariel looks like. So you recognize him if you see him. Uh, barbecue report, uh, Ariel, do they even allow you to eat barbecue down in Orlando? I don't, I don't know if they do that. Like, of course. Of course. So, I have, just I have all Disney World and Mickey Mouse and Universal Studio. No, 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 no. We have we have a, a good practice here. So I, I bought a house maybe a year and a half ago, and I bought a Weber kettle right after the house. Of course. So I, I, I cook on a Weber, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I have a Traeger, but my go-to is just a Weber. So Jorge Torres came along and Matt Craig came along, who are, are well-known in our community, and we had steaks, and, and they loved it. My, my secret uh, the, the way that I like to prepare a little rub on the steaks it's is, rub, of course, yeah. salt, but my, you know, salt and, and salt onion. Um, but my, my secret thing is a little um, smoked chipotle, just a little, not too much, not that you can feel it, mm-hmm. but I rub it on the steaks and then I put them on. It gives us such a nice layer there that sometimes you don't even notice that I didn't put pepper on the steak. You can put your pepper. Yeah. There are some uh, uh, Southern California ranches that make their own rubs, right? For for beef, they don't believe in using sauces or anything, but you can put a rub on. And let me tell you, it's pretty good. Matt, what else do we need to ask Errol before we let him go? Plans for now between the end of the year. What what do you have out there for the community, Errol? You know, helping my VMAX. Brown Bad community or, or any recordings? Any, any We had talked about your Southern Florida uh, VMUG meeting that's coming yeah. up. Shout out to that yeah. for your, your Explore so, recap. But what else is out there? So we're also planning to do one for Miami, which is a kind of a newer chapter. And I do know that a good friend of mine, Lucho De Lorenzi, very, very smart dude, is moving to Miami, I think, in October. So I'm planning to, at some point, give him the VMUG liaison there and get him more involved. And uh, of course, at some point, I've have missed my two last Orlando V mugs, uh, my local, my hometown V mugs. I missed them because of X or Y, and I really want to go there. So I'll I'll work with them and see if we can do the same thing here. Um, you know, the other thing that I'm working on, and, and Eric mentioned it a little bit on, uh, in in the beginning, we have a group internally in in, in VMware and in the VMware Tams that are getting their certifications. A lot of a lot of people are maybe are new; they don't have their VCPs. So we have a good group right now. I think four or five already got their VCP. Another person is going next week. And what we're going to do is at some point gather all those people and start doing what we used to do in B Brown Bag, which is like a study guide in video form for the VCP7 in this case. So we need to do it quickly because VCP8 is going to be a thing very, very soon, right? So we're probably going to see uh, me coordinating that at some point. Awesome. Awesome. Florida VMUG leaders that, that I want to, to shout out to uh, just to, to, to think about this as well. Dave Marrero, right, up, up on stage as a member of the keynote. Now, just in a very short period of time, I would say within the last four or five years, Dave w- was uh, on leadership for Central Pennsylvania, which is the, the group that I'm uh, associated with as far as VMUG. And then Dave, obviously, down in Florida now, and has worked his way up through the SE ranks and then over to uh, VSAN and then VSAN leadership and whatnot. But to think that there is a member of the community, right? That we all know Dave's a great guy. He has just been within the last couple of episodes talking about vSphere 8 and announcements here on the community podcast. But what a great story of a local community VMUG leader in such a short pathway to go up and quantifiably 
you know, see on stage uh, presenting uh, a major, major uh, BU keynote. Uh, yeah. At Explore is just uh, it, it, it absolutely was, what a fantastic story. It was such a proud moment. He's he's a fellow Costa Rican, so all the we you know we always have a, a Latino breakfast at VM World, and we had the breakfast right before the keynote, and I we knew that the keynote was going to happen, so we were all rooting for him. We were all very excited to to see him there. It was such a proud moment. You know, uh, before we let you go, I got to do a shout out to Duncan Epping, who did a, an amazing V-Expert presentation about a week ago that Corey ran, and I, I was on live for that, and I got to say, it was really cool to hear how he became who he is, which now he's like, you know, one of the, one of the most popular between him and uh, William Lamb, they are the two most popular content producer, influencer, you know, rate making, and my takeaway was he put in a ton of hard work to learn the content, then a ton of hard work to publish the content, and then get around and talk to people sharing the content. So I took away, you know, content is king, right? Like when it comes to, you know, you know, having something to deliver to the community, you know, build some good content and then give it to the community, right? And uh, they will reward you, right? So I thought that was really interesting. Shout out to Duncan for having a great career and then putting a great presentation together that I think we had 150, you know, uh, influencers in there. I think actually Noel did the Influencer 100 group and it invited the Influencer 100, but I think Corey published that somewhere externally as well. So uh, shout out to him for doing that really fun if you haven't heard his presentation on that it's worth spending an hour listening to how he got where he was really cool with that and yeah I'll, I'll give you another one which is amanda has done amanda blevins uh she has done a lot of hey how i went from se to i, I think by vice president now or CEO, yeah yeah right yeah now. yeah, yeah but, definitely but uh, she you know those those sessions are so good especially for people have been in the community a while they have been with vmware a while thinking about their own careers right 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 yeah what's next Absolutely. yeah what's exactly. the next thing yeah with that it's the end of the time thank you ariel for being here great to catch up with you and uh good luck at doing your job and uh, meeting your quotas and doing everything you got to do i'm sure we'll get get you back up here in a, a year or two when you're uber wealthy and won't want to talk to us anymore oh, right no that, uh, that, that will never happen <laughs> vp and cto for amanda sorry if i forgot yeah there you time. go yeah, everybody knows amanda we've had her on the show uh, maybe three or four episodes go it's great got to hear her story all right with that it's time to go eat some barbecue it's lunchtime here in california ariel thanks a lot matt as always good to see you we'll be back again next week as always talk to you then all right I don't know. Did Julia take us off live? Yeah, good. Julia, I will need the MP3 because I never hit record on on uh, on talk show. Okay, Sharky. Yeah. Do, 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 do. What? Recording started. There, I started. There it goes. So end it. Yeah, I never hit record on there. Let it run for a minute or two, and then if you give me the MP3 off of Streamyard. This is a good thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Why? 
think the MP3 off the streamer has higher quality anyway. Yeah, it pro yeah. There's always been an issue on the recordings of TalkShoe. Everybody complains about it, but it's just it's not that our audio is bad. It's just TalkShoe doesn't do a good job recording. All right, guys. With that, we're out of here. I will upload that later. Awesome. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.